0: fertility podcast is here to help you understand more about your fertility and for the last eight years has published a lot of conversations with experts and people sharing their stories it's now going back to its roots giving you people's lived experiences once again to give you comfort in knowing there's a community of people who get it so you find commonality be inspired and know you're not alone Started by me, Natalie Silverman, a former patient, once I was pregnant after fertility treatment, I later joined forces with Kate Davis, an independent fertility nurse consultant, who is now your host, and here she is.
1: Hi, welcome back to the Fertility Podcast. How are you doing? If you tuned in to the last episode, then you'll have heard that I completely lost my voice, and Natalie had to step into the helm to help me record the intro for the episode. As you can hear, I'm still a bit croaky, but I am so much better. And as this is going out, I'm kind of enjoying a little bit of uh, relaxing time over the Easter holidays. So I'm hoping that you've all had the opportunity to just kick back and relax a little bit during the long weekend too. So this episode, I'm really delighted to be joined by um, actually my colleague in my co-working space in the hub in Stanford, where we both work, um, by the lovely Amy. And Amy is going to be telling us all about mindfulness. And you're going to love her. She's, She's just amazing. She's a little ray of sunshine in the office. And I thought it'd be really interesting to talk about mindfulness because I know from a lot of you that you do try different types of Whether it be complementary therapies or other ways in which to relax when you're feeling particularly overwhelmed by your fertility journey. So I thought it'd be really interesting to find out how mindfulness can help you on your fertility journey. And As you may know, I'm a qualified yoga teacher, and part of what I do in in yoga is is meditation, and I really wanted to understand, as you'll hear us talking about, what the difference is between meditation and mindfulness because I get a bit confused with it all, to be honest. So I'm really looking forward to introducing you to Amy and you hearing from Amy to understand whether mindfulness can help you on your fertility journey. But before we get started, just a little bit of a warning: Amy's got a bit of a potty mouth. So apologies for that, a little bit of an explicit rating, um, but I'm hoping that you can kind of just run with that and uh, and, and just maybe uh, filter out a little bit of it now and again. Anyway, let's get straight into it. Hi Amy, welcome to the Fertility Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. It's an utter pleasure to have you <laughs> here. And obviously we're going to be talking in so much depth, hopefully, about something that I don't fully understand which is mindfulness but before we fall into that tell us a little bit about you and what brought you to mindfulness. So hello my name is
2: Amy Polly I am a mindfulness teacher and a mental health speaker and campaigner. I actually previously was an accountant for nearly 20 years. I don't look old enough I know. You
1: don't. (laughs)
2: I did love my career, but my last role was in the fire service. And I was head of three departments. I sat on the senior leadership team. But I think my boss saw in me that I wanted to do something different. People have always been my thing. I love people. And so when I returned after maternity leave, he said to me, We don't have a mental health and wellbeing strategy. Do you want to take that on? And he knew that I'd been teaching mindfulness on the side and doing some work. So I said, yes. So I took on the role of strategic lead for mental health and wellbeing. And I absolutely loved it. A lot of my work always comes back to Uh, mindfulness but I just truly believe that mental health is still misconceived in so many ways I think we often talk about mental health like mental ill health and I really want to change that I talk about being an in-betweener of mental health that we're on this continuum and we don't have to be diagnosed with something to proactively look after ourselves and that's where mindfulness comes in because I believe fantastic tool a brain training that absolutely anybody can do
1: And it's something that you really use personally, as well as talking about it, teaching it, supporting people with it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think your question to me was, how did you get started Mm. with mindfulness? So initially, the reason that I got started was because... It wasn't the fire service job, but I was in a job that I found stressful and I wasn't enjoying. At the same time, I was in a relationship that was also causing me a lot of stress and I wasn't sleeping well. Mm. So I just went on to Google and like you do <laughs> when you can't sleep and something mentioned meditation or mindfulness for sleep. So I had to look at a couple of things put something on YouTube and within three days I was drifting off to sleep a bit better. And within a week I was sleeping better. And at that point I just thought bloody hell, there must be something, in this there is something in this it's working so because I'm a bit of a geek and I like to know the bumhole out of everything I decided to go and study it so I actually signed up to do a diploma in mindfulness and meditation bought a load of books and just went sort of down this wonderful rabbit hole and my mum has suffered with depression and I started to share it with her so I found it because of sleep mm. but I have continued to practice share it with my family and then it has supported me through you know the passing of my nanny and granddad miscarriage Postnatal anxiety, I always say, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have that practice. It doesn't take away me experiencing those things, but I genuinely feel like it helped me to manage them better than if I didn't have it. Does that make
1: sense? It makes utter sense. And just so interesting that I think we've all, I'm sure, been impacted with sleep disturbance for whatever reason, and just having those tools and to hear that it really helped you, Mm -hmm. you can really see that it's made that significant (laughs) difference. What about, do you think, with somebody going through a fertility journey, how do you think that could support somebody? Okay, so
2: I had a quick look because I always like to find research. I love the science behind things. People often think mindfulness and meditation is like all woo woo, but it isn't. We are very fortunate to live in the day and age where we can see brain scans and things like that. So I did have a little bit of digging and there isn't a lot of research into mindfulness and fertility specifically however there is a lot of research around mindfulness and how that can help with stress reduction managing our emotions cultivating self-compassion and self-kindness and they're the things I work on a lot with people and we all know that actually the impact that our mind can have on our body and we know that when we're talking about fertility we have to look after ourselves physically to you know create the environment within our bodies and our mind to be able to to facilitate that in the best way we can and mindfulness does reduce stress we can see there's research that we can see the brain scans we know that that happens and one of the most recent research papers that I've read was around mindfulness and managing physical pain so the research is developing I'm sure that there is going to be more as we go forward but the science behind it shows that we can have an impact on our physical body so for example with things like mindful breathing you can activate your parasympathetic nervous system and you can do that anytime you can control your breathing anytime you're always breathing and i think it's really important i think especially on the journey you know that you help people through is managing that stress and that compassion for yourself because not only does it affect you physiologically but also taking care of your mind in those situations to be able to continue to i don't know be present in life and be able to still enjoy life when the shit is happening like that's what i've had to go through and mm. i've still able to find the moments and be present does that make sense
1: it makes real sense one thing that i struggle to understand and i qualified as a yoga teacher in the summer and part of that training was also qualifying as a meditation teacher but what's the difference between mindfulness and meditation okay so mindfulness
2: is isn't just meditation meditation is a part of mindfulness so mindfulness refers to the practice of paying attention which meditation is one of those things yoga is Another. one of those things yeah. mindfulness is an umbrella term for all of that but it doesn't have to be a formal exercise You can practice mindfulness just in your everyday life, what we call an informal practice, but you can do it any time that you want to. So I always say mindfulness means awareness. We are all aware all of the time. So anybody can do it. It's just that we're often distracted or we have our mind in the past or in the future. So to bring us up to the present moment, we can just do something as simple as focusing on a hot cup of tea or the food that we're eating or our feet when we're walking. And it's about engaging one or more of your senses in your current experience. And you literally can do that like right now. If I said to you, notice the chair that you're sitting on, Mm. you're practicing mindfulness, you're being aware. You can't not be aware. So where is that awareness, that attention going? Is it right here right now or is it somewhere else? And the more you do it, the easier it becomes.
1: Because I know a tip that you gave me a few weeks ago when I was stressing and worrying about something, and you told me to take notice of everything around me. Mm. So almost like to check things. So oh, there's a traffic light. There's somebody walking along the street, and that really helped. That stopped my mind
2: it from going where I didn't out of want it to Thinking go. mind. Yeah, That's exactly what you're doing. And the science shows that the more that you consciously do that, the easier it then becomes for you to a notice when you're not doing it, and b do it so as you practice your brain oh god I'm sorry I get so excited don't I go right ahead (laughs) they scan brains so they can see new connections in the brain they can see where different areas of the brain are lighting up so your prefrontal cortex that rational part of your brain that isn't engaging with those thoughts are running away Mm. the more that you then go right I'm going to do this thing where I'm going to engage my senses and be aware The more that you do that, the easier it becomes to do it again. It's like a muscle. Mm. I know it's not a muscle, but if you think about it like a muscle. Yeah. Mm. So you go to the gym and you learn how to do this exercise. And the more that you do it, the easier it becomes. You understand how you need to move and what it needs to do. And then it just becomes a bit more natural. And it's the same with mindfulness. So, you know, once you've learned it, you might not always practice it, but you can't forget it. And I'll just say one more thing. Sorry about meditation. I always say meditation is like going to the gym for your mind. So that is a very conscious thing you have to choose to do. Like if you're going to the gym to use certain, you know, equipment to get a certain muscle moving, that's your formal practice. Your informal practice is like if you think of your physical health, taking the stairs instead of the lift and walking instead of taking the car small changes in your every day. Mindfulness are those small habits in your everyday. You can do anything mindfully. And then the going to the gym is the meditation, like that conscious choosing to do something very specific.
1: Does that make sense? It does indeed. So somebody that's going through a fertility journey then, can you offer any advice or tips on how they could get started using mindfulness today? Sure. Uh, One thing I'll just sort of a side note to say is I
2: haven't been on a petition but I've been on other journeys within motherhood Mm -hmm. that have been very difficult. And when I say these things, you know, go away and do these things, I am never saying that it's easy. I don't confess that it's easy. And sometimes it will be more difficult than others. And everybody's going to go through different things. Everybody's going to have different triggers. But I promise, I absolutely promise that with a little bit of conscious effort and just taking those small steps, you can start to do these things. And even if you feel like, you couldn't do it today. Try again tomorrow. Like there is no right or wrong. There is no failing or good or bad. Just give it a go. What have you got to lose? That's all I say, like, give it a go. So what I would say is starting today, just you can literally engage your senses with anything. And so choose something that you like to drink or eat and bring as many of your senses as possible to that experience and do nothing else. Like that is mindfulness. And how wonderful to really enjoy your favourite meal or your favourite drink. Don't, don't we? We, <laughs>
1: we, we we rush our food sometimes. Yeah. We might eat in front of the television. We're not being mindful about what we're eating, what we're putting into in our mouth or even on our plate. So to actually take a step back and do that would be so good, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean it's enjoyable, mm.
2: but also you are training your brain to do things in to do things in a different way. Mm. So anything, you know, even if you were going for a walk like you and I went for a walk at lunchtime today, and it's absolutely Baltic and we didn't enjoy it whatsoever however we could have approached that experience very differently what we could have done when we walked outside was instead of our chatty mind saying it's cold it's cold it's cold I hate this I hate this we could have actually relaxed our body a little bit because when you're tense it Mm. does make you colder relax our body a little bit and gone right for our first few steps we'll focus on our feet so that's grounding we'll notice the physicality of our feet touching the floor then we could have noticed the coolness on our skin and we could have noticed you know the sound of whatever there was around is like small things like that you're engaging as many senses as possible so you're not having to do anything elaborate you're not having to go anywhere or change any of your normal day it's just about how you approach what you are doing so that's the first thing and then the second thing I would say is a breathing meditation so actually taking some time I would say three minutes minimum and if that's what you want to start with you can sort of work your way up because when you get going the minutes do seem to go quicker once you get used to it and what i would say is a breathing meditation is good because as i said elongating the out breath activates that parasympathetic nervous system so that floods your body with all the good hormones and you know combats that adrenaline that cortisol that we get from stress so literally just set a timer or something and just notice your breathing so the rise and fall of your chest the sound of your breathing and make a conscious effort and count if you need to to just elongate the out breath so you might do in for four, hold for four, out for five, whatever it is, as long as the out breath is a bit more elongated. Um, You're doing a deep breath as I say. I am, I'm I'm practicing it as Amy's telling me. This is great. (laughs) Um, But just taking a few minutes just to do that because we know the science shows that that is really good for reducing stress. So just taking a few minutes each day to just sit and be and breathe and consciously manipulate that breath if you like. You know, you're choosing how to breathe and that can really help with alleviating stress and just bringing you back to the moment. The more we do these things, the easier it becomes to manage our mind and those thoughts that crop up. Yeah. I mean, it's an eight week course usually, so I I always try to fit loads in. But they're the two things I would say. Mindfulness in you every day and a breathing meditation.
1: Amazing. And those are things that people can just get on with now. Yeah. You don't need anything special. Yeah. Yeah. It would be so fab for you, you know, going through this facility journey to be able to just take some time and just try some of Amy's tips and see how they go. And I'm sure you'll find them really useful. Before I let you go, Amy, where can people find you? Uh, You can find
2: me on LinkedIn. So just look for Amy Polly. I'm on Instagram. This is Amy Polly.
1: I think that's it. And she's got a lovely Instagram page. I can testify (laughs) that for sure. And it's very pink. You can't see Amy, but Amy wears pink. She doesn't wear any other color. So she's sat here in a beautiful pink cardi. She owns every color. I mean, if you just look in her wardrobe, it's just constantly pink, I'm sure. But thank you, Amy. That has been so, so useful. And we would love to hear your having a go with mindfulness. Tell us what you think. It would be, be super to hear if Amy has inspired you to start being more mindful in your everyday. Well, wasn't she absolutely lovely? I have to say, Amy, as a colleague in my shared office space, is the type of person that you just want to fill your life with. It's keeping those people around you and close to you that are a positive influence rather than sucking the life out of you with negativity. And Amy is that person that just fills me with Joy and positive vibes. I think we all need an Amy in our lives for sure. But so interesting the way she talked about mindfulness, both as a practice and how to practice it, but also the research. And as you know, knowing me, I'm a bit of a geek for the evidence and I always need to see the evidence. So it's interesting that there's evidence that is out there about mindfulness and the benefit to us, particularly in relation to stress management, but also it's such an area that is still really emerging and there's going to be more and more evidence to support mindfulness practice in the future. So yeah, a fascinating, fascinating topic. When we talk about stress, it's definitely something that I want to talk in a, talk about in a future episode. So that's my plan is we're going to do a bit of a deeper delve into stress because let's let's find out what the evidence and the research is about stress itself and a fertility journey. But also, we know that being stressed, whether or not it's going to impact on your fertility, and that's what I'm going to look into more and find out more about. But we know for certain that being stressed is not a nice place to be. So anything that you can do to help yourself going forward, and particularly as you navigate a fertility journey, is just a godsend. So I really do hope that um, mindfulness practice is something that you want to bring in as one of your support strategies going forward. When Amy left um, the room here, she did just say to me, show what Kate, if you fancy putting on an eight-week course, we can do an eight-week course. So just let people know if they want that, then we can do it. So if anyone's interested in an eight-week mindfulness course with Amy, let me know. Email me on kate at kateatyourfootityjourney.com and we'll get something sorted. But that sounds pretty good to me and I think I might join you.
0: Please do rate and review the podcast as it's brilliant for other people to know what you think. Even just hitting follow or subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast really helps other people know it's worth a listen. Also follow Kate on her Insta, which is Your Fertility Nurse. And if you'd like to book in a consultation with Kate to understand more about your fertility and reproductive health, visit yourfertilityjourney.com.